Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome back to Man in the Post season preview podcast. This episode is dedicated to Liverpool and welcoming back is Mr Guy Drinkle. Guy, thanks for joining me. Always a uh, pleasure. Christ, I'm I'm rusty. I had the summer off, Ali. Always a pleasure. Yeah, well, um, if you had heard my intro on um, a couple of the the previous ones, yeah, you'd understand how how the summer's gone for myself as well. I mean, before we go on to the summer, because I think this is going to be the biggest talking point for, for us as we kind of methodly groaned it um, off air. I mean, briefly talk about last season. Um, obviously, they riddled with injuries, which was obviously the biggest talking point. We we somehow managed to get top four in the end, which was maybe detrimental to other teams more than praising ourselves at times. Um, I mean, how do you feel the season went and and how disappointed really are you in the end? Now that it's all done and dusted, I mean, what's your overriding thoughts of, of last season? Yeah, last season it was really first cliche of the show. It was a season of two halves. <laughs> um, obviously, I think it was up until about Christmas, maybe even the new year, um, we were top of the league and it looked like maybe over-exaggerating slightly, but it was, we were going to pretty much walk another league, and that, that's with that's with uh, all the injuries we had as well. I think it may have only been Virgil and Joe at that time, and then obviously the ever-injured like Naby Cater and stuff like that at, the, at that point. But we were only missing Virgil and then Gomez as uh, pretty much done for the season. But then as soon as the new year changed, and especially later on in January, Matip got injured, then we had to start playing Fabinho literally locked in at centre-back, which he was for the most part anyway, but then we started messing about putting Henderson at centre-back. Now, Henderson (laughs) is a very divisive player. I'm sure most people agree. He's not a goddamn (laughs) centre-back. There'll still be some who say he will. Yeah, there's some people saying he should have got player of the month and stuff like that. I was like, no, <laughs> no meds. Um, but yeah, once we lost Matip, then we panicked and brought in Ben Davies, who doesn't exist, and Ozan Kabak, who did quite well considering he came from the worst Bundesliga team in history. Um, very late on in the January window, and if I remember correctly, January and February, I don't. I can't remember if we won a game or we didn't win a game at Anfield. It was like seven, it was like seven to ten games we didn't win or something like that. Yeah, it, it was it was terrible, and that's when the season went. And then I think obviously we, the Champions League went as well, and then we can't. I'm not sure if it was immediately after the Real Madrid game, but we seem to find a bit more of a settled 
team by then, and then we had all the Super League stuff, and then that Leeds game. I'm sure you, well, you were taking a break from football then, Ali, so you might not remember, but the Leeds yeah. game, everyone was like, well, this doesn't matter. We'll be in a different competition next year anyway. And then a week later, it did matter. Um, but, yeah, that Leeds game kind of felt like the lost point, and then there was, like, the Newcastle and stuff like that. But we seemed to settle on a team. We had Kabak and Phillips at centre-back and then put Fabinho back in midfield. That settled us for a bit. Then, unfortunately, Kabak got injured. And then we put Reese Williams in there, who was playing non-league football the year previous, or the season previous. It's, it, I won't say miraculous, because we still had Mo Salah, Firmino, Jota, uh, Mane, Fabinho, Trent, etc. We still had a lot of our team. It was just pretty much our best player in Van Dijk was out all season. There goes the system. And it took like half a season for Trent, etc. to get into the form of the season. Um, yeah, it, it was just, it was it was almost a season of further having as I said. Like the last, I think it was the last 10 games where we won undefeated. That that was like excellence. Like that was a miraculous run. And we obviously had the Allison moment, which, good Lord. <laughs> After that season, we all needed the Allison moment. Um but yeah, the season last season overall, I think you have to say from where we were in December, it's disappointing. But in the context of um all the injuries and stuff, in I say all the all the injuries in one position, that was the main problem, not yeah, all the injuries. Um getting I think we end up third it uh, after everything, getting third in that situation and pretty much just being slightly behind United, who were title contenders till March-ish, I think. I, you kind of have to be happy with the season, but I, I, considering the, the leaps and steps we've made as a club under Klopp, I don't really want to be happy coming third, but as long as we're back in the title race in the coming season, which we're about to talk about, it, it, it's a it's a magical season, but yeah, as you kind of hinted, hopefully we take advantage of getting the Champions League and sign, sign a couple more players. Yeah, I mean, well, before we go into that, as as you mentioned, it definitely was a tale of thirds. I remember reading a stat of first twelve games we were obviously top by I think we had nine points clear of City at one stage. Some like that. City were like mid table, weren't there at some point? Next ten games we were nineteenth. Over that period of time, and then obviously with the last, I think it's the last ten or eleven games, we were title winning form again. Obviously, City, City relaxed a bit come the end of the season. We we're either first or second, so it was it was a genuine tale of three seasons, uh, three seasons, three parts. Um, but yeah, like as we both kind of alluded to, let's let's talk summer um, transfer activity or or lack thereof. Uh, we've obviously brought in Kanati um, and anyone else. Don't, Think, can't no, no, no. <laughs> even even a youngster we could talk about. Um, and at the moment, there's no Harry Wilson's left. Um, is that all as well? We're kind of waiting on maybe some loans, but um, uh, random youngsters left like yeah. Grabara, but so, only me and you, only me and you'll know who that is. <laughs> so, yeah, so I mean, this this is obviously going to be the main talking point for for yourself, guy. I mean. Talk about the frustrations. Talk about because at the moment, yeah. But, but just I tell you what, just have free reign. 
at the transfer talk because there isn't really a subject I can get you to talk on, and uh, it almost kind of rolls into one ball here, guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'll start off with Kanata because that's the positive. Um, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen lots of him, like even when he was playing um, English teams in the Champions League, like he didn't play against Liverpool, for example. I think he may have played against United the season previous, but he didn't make a huge impression on me if he did. Um, Upper Meccano kind of, maybe not in performance because I don't watch Bundesliga every week, but he certainly overtook him in um, reputation. Um, but from from cleverer people or people who've watched a lot more football than I have, um, say Kanate was always the one. He was like blueprint a Klopp centre-back or a Klopp Liverpool centre-back. He, he's a unit, he's fast, he's good at defending, which is all, it's always helpful. Um, so I, I'm over the moon with that one. I think we got 36 mil on him. And I mean, you look at you look at other centre-backs moving in, in the Premier League. I mean, Varane, Varane's obviously, well, he's been world-class for like so many years. Or reputation-wise, he's been world-class for so many years. But Ben White for 50 mil. 36 mil for Canate looks like a bargain. Um, so very happy with that. I don't think he'll start straight away for, for the neutrals. I think it'll probably be Matip and Van Dijk, depending on Van Dijk's fitness. But in, in terms of the future, that centre-back looks rosy. But moving on towards the problem of lack of signings, we've kind of left ourselves short, even at centre-back. Like, depending if we sell Nat Phillips... Uh, Reese Williams could go on loan, but we're Liver- it's Liverpool. Do you really want to be? Nobody wants to be or shouldn't be relying on someone like Nat Phillips. Like Nat Phillips did basically a miracle job at the end of last season, but we had to change the way we played. Now signing Kanate, as I said, blueprint Klopp centre back. You have to be fast. You have to be able to play a high line, etc. You have to have good decision making. Nat isn't that. No, definitely not. No, he's he's very aggressive, wins everything in the air, but in terms of like covering your other centre back, covering full back, playing a high line, he's just not built for that. Now hopefully he ends up going I think Brighton and Burnley have been linked, so I think they'd be good moves for him. Um but we've got four centre backs. Van Dyke's coming off an ACL. Gomez is coming off, I can't remember, I think it's PCL, or what it's got a technical term, but it's apparently one of the worst injuries you can get as a footballer. Yep. Joel Matip is made out of tissue paper. And Kanate, I think, on on Manfield Index, we recorded a pod when we were linked with him, he played like 4,000 minutes in the French League before he, or maybe in German League, before he went to Leipzig. Then went to Leipzig and he's just picking up injury problems like ever since. So he's seemingly been overplayed as a youngster and can't really put consistent minutes together. So we've basically got three injury-prone centre-backs and Van Dijk coming off an ACL. So, yeah... I would have liked us to sign Kabak, but that seems to be a no-go. It doesn't have to be Kabak, but or someone else. Um, midfield. Now, I don't think either of us were Ginny's biggest fans. Definitely not, no. But Ginny plays 70 million minutes of the season. Yes. that's I, I put it in our, obviously, our WhatsApp group. Um, yeah. That his, his best attribute for me is it's not to do with his ability, it's just his availability. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, d- depending on where you are on the Gini scale, 
he was dependable at what he did. Like sometimes he'd be like magical, like when he came on against Barca and stuff like that, and he turned up in big games. But whether he had a quiet game or not, he was rarely terrible. I think that's fair to say. But as you say, he was always available. Now we don't have that in any other midfielder except well, even Fabinho's been picking up injuries. He's, but, he's missed a good like he always seems to miss a spell of games. Yeah, like a month and a half or two months or so. It's, yeah. But hopefully that's more with him moving about positions. Hopefully if he's more settled that'll not be a problem. But we can't rely on Henderson because he's getting more injury prone in his age. Thiago's always needed protecting. Naby Keita, I addressed earlier, he, he doesn't exist. <laughs> Milner's 270 million years old. Yep. Curtis Jones is a child. Like, with the, this this is it. Like, before we even get on, like, the gravy signings, like, wanting a forward or right-back cover, good Lord. Replacing Ginny Alden, like, except centre-back, it should have been done months ago. Like, we're replacing Klopp's like I reckon the Norwich game in a couple in in a week and a bit, Klopp will probably write in Ginny's name. <laughs> he just will, and we haven't replaced that. How I'd like how could you go into a new season not replacing someone who would be penciled in thirty eight games of the Premier League season? I, I just I just think that's daft. Uh, yeah, like, I think it's the I think it's the biggest. Like our owners are are goddamn awful at times. Let's let's be honest. Um, this is the biggest, and I put it out to Klopp as well. We knew Genie was leaving. Maybe mm. February, March was pretty much a guarantee that he was going. As you say, he's Klopp's basically favourite because, again, he's available, he runs a lot. Um, like, yeah, as you say, forget signing even a centre back at the time. Why is why is he not? It's like it's like we're always a window behind. We'll replace him in January. Or we'll replace them next summer. I, I I think the only argument is that people will see, or we may have seen um, Thiago has as a replacement, which is fine as a starter because unless we sign like we're linked with Saul, for example, or Saul, I should say, we're linked with Saul. Unless we're signing a Saul. I just pronounced his name like four different ways in a second. Um, unless we're signing him or another world-class or potentially world-class midfielder, our, uh, Klopp's favourite midfield will be Thiago Fabinho Henderson. Like, there's no way of getting around that. That will be the preferred midfield. Like, even if we do sign one in place, because they'll go through training camp for a bit. Um, but that doesn't mean they'll play all the games, because as I say, they're all injury. They've all got injury issues. But then the people behind that have injuries. I didn't even mention Ox, who's, yeah, what what the hell? Like, you need dependability in midfield. Like, I think he can take a risk on, well, let's say Naby, because we obviously spent a a lot of money on him. You can take a risk on Naby, and if he works out and doesn't have so many injuries and hopefully regains Klopp's trust, then you can replace Gini quality-wise. But you still need to replace him in the squad because you can't put that much pressure on someone like Curtis Jones. You just can't. Like, he obviously had a good spell last season, but that doesn't mean he's ready to play 40 games a season. It just doesn't. So, yeah, we we need a midfielder, whether it's a starter or a, or a potential starter who starts off as a squad player, because we've been linked with Saul, 
Newhouse, however you pronounce his name, Basuma at times. Um, there's probably some others. But we've been linked with a range of players that would either start or be our squad players. But we just we need numbers in midfield because we've addressed the problem at centre-back where we were short all season. And if you're a Liverpool fan looking at our midfield, just thinking it's going to be Fabinho on his own by the end of like October, <laughs> it just will be. Like you're probably doing all right job to be fair because it's Fabinho, but like we just repeat. It just looks to me we're repeating the same issue but in a different position. It, it just it seems incompetent to me. Like Ginny must have played five like. 99.9% of the games whilst he was at Liverpool. Yeah, easily. I think he missed one game because he had the runs. That's the only game I see, remember him missing. It, it, it's unbelievable that we've not replaced him. Before, unless it's, unless someone we buy someone by the time this podcast comes out. But at the same time, if it does, we've still had all our pre-season bar two games. So the new signing won't go straight in. So we've left it all see transfer window to either not replace our most dependable player or not acclimatise a new signing, which obviously one's better than you, but it's it, it's unacceptable, I think. Like, and yeah, sorry, you go. No, I'm saying it's pretty much a bit like how we did it in January. That's why I said about... Because like, mm. remember, as I say, we were crying out for a centre-half and didn't we sign Kabak in... And uh, the guy who Davis. Davis, wasn't it like two days before the window closed? Well, we weren't going to sign. Well, apparently we weren't going to sign anyone. And the last game in January, Matip got injured. Then we yeah. bought, well, we got them to, and I think Edward bid for every centre back in Europe because we were close to getting that Coletta car from Marseille. Yeah. I think we apparently bid for Canate. And I think others like Botman and David Carmo, I think his name was, I think we were linked with as well. But yeah, we, we left it really late. Like if if Matip didn't get in if Matip got an in, injured a week later, I don't think we would have signed anyone though, to put it that way. Yeah, and that's uh, exactly how again I suppose it's the frustrating thing again with our owners. Everything just seems to be left late. And I, I do believe Klopp's got to take some um blame in this as well because I mean, he has to feel frustrated either that he's going along with it and what use is that really? Um, mm. Rather than more, I mean, obviously there's players we want in, but I think at this stage, I think you're with me, Guy, and, and most of the guys who we speak to, the sensible, the sensible, we almost just want anybody now. Mm. <laughs> just, just names coming in. Um, it seems that we need to sell players to buy. Um the obvious thing, as we mentioned at the start, Harry Wilson left for for twelve million. There's talk of Origi, Shakiri, um, Minamino. Minamino, yeah. I mean, really, that's our only assets that, for me, that I could think that could bring in, you know, a respectable fee. Really, um, is there anyone else that you could think of that that might leave or? If we weren't so if we weren't craving numbers in midfield, of one of Naby or Ox, I could see sell, being sold because, as I mentioned, we need dependability in there and both are injury prone. 
I mean, if, if it was me picking between them, I'd rather Souls run with Naby over Ox, because I think Ox's injuries have ha- uh, hampered his progress more than Naby's. But yeah, I, I don't see there's much there to be sold unless we like sold Matip and bought another centre-back, for example. But I we've got enough issues there. Nico Williams at right-back was linked with a move away, but that was mainly to Southampton, and I think they just signed a right-back. Um, uh, who else we got? Phillips, you mentioned obviously. Yeah, Phillips, yeah. Um, Burnley or a Brighton. Yeah. I mean, I suppose the debate is what do we do with Mane? Because when, I think it was Paul Joyce who is obviously the, the main Liverpool journal, or he breaks everything in, in Liverpool world. Um, it was like April time. And he was talking about contract uh, negotiations and he didn't name Mane. I think recently the journals have started naming Mane, but that kind of hints at doubt to me whether we'll re-sign him to a contract. Obviously, I think he's like 29, 30 now and so is Mo, but I imagine most people would agree with me that you'd rather keep Mo Salah than Sadio Mane at this stage. Um, So we could sell Mane... But after the season he just had, his value will be at the lowest. So would you rather keep him, gamble for a year, hopefully his value goes back up, and then sell him next summer with one year left on his deal? It's uh, it's a gamble, but no, I don't I don't think we'll do that because well we we already need a forward. We don't we don't want to be going into the season needing two forwards. Um, but yeah, I think it's a lot of squad players and people we've previously loaned out that will sell. I mean, I think we finally paid off Kanata because we got two we got two million from the Ings deal. Um, yeah. So we've paid off Kanata, so all of what we sell now we can spend on a new player. Um so yeah, hopefully that means we can actually buy someone. But yeah, I think in terms of the squad, I think we we've kind of named them all. I think Shaq um Shaq's obviously made it really uh publicly known that he wants to go. And let's let's be honest, he's not really played enough. He played enough in the first season, but the last two, he's not really been chosen, whether it's a lack of trust, lack of um, fit in a Klopp team or whatever. But yeah, I think he deserves a decent move, and Lazio would be good for him. Minamino, he did all right at Southampton, but I think if he did a bit better, Southampton would have bought him back by now. Arigi, yeah. um, good lord. Good lord. He's great. He's great, Southampton. <laughs> He's great. Any time we go lost He is. He He's is amazing. We don't want to lose him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, like this summer is um I can't say it being too too positive for us and we're gonna go into another another season where a really good net spend um, overall. Um so us What's that? <laughs> on, on all that black cloud, um, is there a blue sky in the horizon? Um, obvious Liverpool should be aiming for a title challenge at very worst, um, whether we finish second or third. Chelsea making some good signings. I'd imagine a, almost a three-horse three race um, for the title, given saying that we are in that race. Um, what is your prediction, your personal prediction for where we finish, guys? Um, I mean, Man City have just uh, are about to spend two hundred and fifty million, so I think they're 
I'll pencil them in for first, unsurprisingly. Um, I think we'll finish second. I think... I think we have debatably, depending where your bias is, I think we have the best first 11 in the league. Between us and City. Obviously, their midfield's a bit different to ours, but like I'd rather Fabinho's better than Rodri for me. Yep. Thiago, yet to prove it in the Premier League, but I think he's better than Gundogan. But De Bruyne is quite good at football. Um, but Naby is good when playing. You know, if we have yeah, we, let, go on the first. Yeah, so so you're going second. That you, you, you. Yeah, I'll say I'll say second, but right. if we if I'll caveat that by saying if we get a starting midfield, so Saul, I think that could tip the edge to us. And if we got a forward, I'd almost make us favourites. Wow, that's big big statement there from Mister Drinkle. Right, so next I want three players from yourself, guy. I want. Your prediction for our player of the season. I want uh, almost like a a little tip for a player for opposition fans to to look out for. Maybe somebody who's not as familiar with the squad. Um, so obviously you can't pick Mo Salah because that's fairly obvious. And then a fantasy option uh, for anybody running fantasy football. Um, who would your recommendation from the Liverpool team be? Right, I'll do it in reverse order. Fantasy option because I've been tinkering my own, I've got Salah and Jota in mind, but I'll pick Jota for this. Because, if I remember correctly, he's seven and a half mil, and Firmino's late back to pre-season, so Jota should start, but Klopp does love Firmino, so maybe not, but I've gambled on Jota starting, and Jota tends to score when he plays, so I've I've picked him, um, so hopefully he will have a good season. Um... Someone to look out for that's not Mo Salah or Van Dijk. Hmm. You know what, Ali? I'll I'll uh, I'll jinx him early on. Naby Keita. If Naby Keita stays fit, I think people will realise that there's a reason Liverpool, who don't spend money, spent nearly sixty odd million quid on a player. Like if he has a run of games, like I'm not saying play every game this season. Well, if he has a good run in the Premier League, I think people will realise that he is mint. So I'll pick Naby, jinx him early, and he'll play less than five Premier League games. Um, See, on that note, breaking <laughs> just come in. Naby Keita out for the season. <laughs> <laughs> Naby Keita stubs toe out for a year. Um, player to player of the season. Who's our, who's our player of the year this year? Ooh. I mean, it should be between two, but they probably won't get it and they'll give it to Henderson or Milner or something. <laughs> it should be probably between Van Dijk and Mo. Mm. You know what? I'll go Trent. I think Trent with... Yeah. I think Trent, he'll have to play every game because we don't have a backup right back. Um, and the way he finished last season when he got all past COVID and got back in form and stuff like that he was sensational like him and Thiago were probably our best two players and and Fabinho because Fabinho is always big and sexy Um, I'll say the way Trent finished last season people were debating whether he should have got in the England squad if people watched Liverpool from January onwards there would have been no doubt that Trent should have started for England never mind been in the bloody squad because when he when he's not even in the form. When Trent's playing normally, he's England's best right back by a million miles. He just is. 
Um, one's the best footballer. Almost. Yeah, I mean, he, like, put it this way: when I, it was probably like a while ago now, but when people talk, I was talking to my mates about like who's the best young England talent. I just said, well, it's Trent. <laughs> it just is. Like, I think they said Sam, well, Sancho, fair enough, but I think one of them said Madison, and I was like, no, <laughs> it's Trent. It's um, a generational talent. Yeah. Like, people laugh at his lack of defending, but Christ, his attacking is just outworldly good. And his defending, when he's not like terrible, when he's not in terrible form, it, it's fine. It's fine. Um, People talk about this terrible defender. He, he's reached two Champions League finals. He's won a league, and he's three years as a professional footballer. I, I'm not quite sure um, he manages that if he's a terrible defender. I'm pretty sure we've had the best defence in the league two of them years as well. <laughs> we definitely have, yeah. And and it can't all be down to one player. Like Van Dijk is mm. is almost a, a demigod, you know. Um, but it can't just be down to them, really. Um, no, that that's yeah, I like that. Um I know I never seen you come the trend coming for the for the player of the year. Um and you've gone Nabby. I my my watch out for is is I've went for just like a young option. I want people to just keep an eye on Harvey Elliott. I think he he's got to get some more game time this year. Oh yeah. He doesn't go out on loan because again the lack of options mean he has he has to get some minutes and he just he plays with almost an arrogance and an ego about him. But maturity at the same time, if that makes sense. I mean, there's a reason I repped him on Twitter for a whole year. He wasn't at the club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think that's I think that but sum, but sums it up for for Liverpool guy. Um, let everybody know what you you've been working on and where they can find you. Yeah, so if you're a Liverpool fan or just interested in Liverpool and want a bit more details, uh, at Guy Drinkle. For me personally, and all the stuff I do is at in- Anfield Index. Um, we've got free side and a paid side. We obviously with the new season, we'll probably hopefully be doing a regular content for both. Like for instance, I've just recorded a show with Jan Morby, for instance. So yeah, have uh, a look before the season, and then when we're in the season, we'll be back to regular content. Yeah, absolutely. Can any Liverpool fans? I think you pretty much know about Anfield and Dixon as it is. And uh, also, once you've listened to to us on the the Premier League review show with with myself, Dave, and Simon, head over and check out Guys Other Project, uh, the Daily Show with Dave, um, Two Footed Podcast. Uh, you'll get all your your Premier League fix over there, which is well worth the listen. Um, thanks again, Guy, for joining me and being the Liverpool representative. No problem. Um, you can find us at Man in the Post on all your social media platforms. Um, again, we, we, the release dates of this, we're not quite sure when. I'm, I can't give you a date right now when these have been released. Um, but come the, the, the season starting again, Chris and the gang will be back with the Thursday show. And myself, Dave and Simon will be back every Monday morning into your ears with the, with the Premier League review show. A little bit mixed up, a little bit jazzed up. Hopefully just as enjoyable for you guys at home. So again, thank you very much to Guy for joining me. Thanks for you guys for listening. And always remember, keep your man in the post. (laughs) 